Welcome to the Voyage Dallas podcast, where we interview the brightest and most inspiring entrepreneurs, artists, and creatives from in and around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Our host, Madison, is hosting a panel with a few of our content partners, and content partners help Voyage in so many ways, from sponsoring our mission, spreading the word about the work that we do, and collaborating with us on content like this. And so with no further ado, here's Madison. Hi, everyone. My name is Madison. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of our Voyage podcast, talking about fashion and beauty trends, as well as career and industry insights. I am so excited because I have two individuals here with me today who are both based in Texas, which doesn't happen very often. I feel like we don't have people who are living in Texas on the podcast very often. So I'm always excited about that because I can relate. You know, I live here in Dallas too, um, but so, so excited to have you both here. I'd love to get started with some introductions. Tell me a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Awesome. So hi, everyone. I am Tamia Tarkington, prefer to be called Mia. Um, it's just easier. And it's also like my brand. I am I live in Dallas, Texas. Currently, I am originally born and raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So Midwest girls still kind of acclimating to the southern uh, trying to be a Southern Belle. Um, <laughs> but I like to call myself, uh, so what I do is I like to call myself like a corporate assassin by day um, and a fashion, beauty, lifestyle and career blogger by night. Um, I work in corporate America. I've been working for a couple of big box retailers for over 17 years now in the marketing space and branding um, kind of arena. Um, and so that's just like my spiel. Awesome. Hey, everyone. I'm Ezra Jones, the creative connector, branding, lifestyle, culture. Um, I live in a small little remote city in Texas called Venus. Our closest major city is Dallas. Uh, I am the creative director uh, where we connect people with other creatives. We also help them to develop clients into brands. Um, we also represent client interests and then manage their public representation um, and increase their brand awareness. Amazing. Lots of similarities, common interests, excited to learn more from each of you. I would love to start off by asking how you each developed your own personal brand, whether that be Mia with, with your online, you know, with the blogging and, and the fashion work or with the agency. I'd love to to hear from you both. How did you build out your personal brand? Um, so I'll, I'll go. I would say my how I built it out is I have always so my hometown is, uh, again, like I said, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, super small, but very big personalities are there. Um, huge, you know, influence on fashion and beauty. I feel personally some of the best are there. Um, and I've always had this just I don't know. It's like in me, you know, to love fashion and beauty. I've watched, you know, those in my hometown just like get dressed to the nines to just go to the grocery store. I've also, you know, my my mom, my aunts, um, great aunts, grandmothers and great grandmothers literally took precious time in, you know, just their presentation in fashion. They looked beautiful with makeup. And this is when back in the day when makeup didn't, you know, beauty didn't involve evolve to where it is now. And I saw all of that growing up and I've always felt like it was just something that was in me. 
Um, and so it was just natural. I've always gravitated to that. And I've always just loved the beauty of textures. I've loved the beauty of just how it spoke to just black women in general. Um, and so when I started to kind of work in, you know, the space that I'm in, in corporate America, I originally was doing merchandising because of that fashion that I loved and that beauty space that I loved. Um, and so, but people would always come to me and ask me for styling questions, um, my opinion on things when it came to both fashion and beauty. And so I'm like, you know, well, maybe I should share more. You know, so I originally started a blog, um, but then just time and life kind of happened and I kind of stopped. So in the more recent months, I relaunched my blog um, to focus on those areas, fashion and beauty, um, lifestyle and career, knowing that that is a space where um, black men, women, we definitely dominate. Um, mm -hmm. But I also feel like we we make, you know, we drive the culture, we're influencers um, and because I have always been asked my opinion and things of that nature, I felt like it was just, I needed to share that with the world. Yeah. I needed to just kind of put the things out there that I do, the trial and errors that I've done in, in fashion and beauty. Um, and just what I like personally. That's amazing. Yeah, I thought it was so, so interesting. Cause you mentioned like you getting your start in merchandising. Um, mm -hmm. And I too, like started out in merchandising and our story is literally very similar. Like, mm -hmm. um, basically going into the, the retail field and uh, starting off as a, a sales associate working in the merchandising department, my store manager, basically anywhere she went, she would want me to come along with her to open stores, do the merchandise. Mm. Um, I would, you know, have customers very similar to yourself, ask me for style tips and how to wear this and what to wear with that. Um, even have customers give me tips and technically weren't allowed to accept tips. So I told them, Hey, I can't accept this. <laughs> but the fact that they wanted to, you know, give me right, a right. yeah. it was really, you know, really, really amazing. It later on transitioned to because I've always been like interested and intrigued in, in fashion. Um, so it later on transitioned into like I remember growing up and, and viewing the magazines and being enamored by the mm -hmm. great imagery that was in the magazines. And I just wanted to be more a part of that actual process of creating that and bringing that. Um, to life. Um, so eventually I started to, you know, look down the the guidelines of modeling. Um, mm -hmm. Modeling myself was hitting like a brick wall, going to several different agencies. Um, and essentially they were like, we have someone that looks like you. Um, during the time period in which I grew up, that was basically code for like, we have our one token black person. Because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I would literally go to their board to see like who that person was, and then it didn't matter whether it was male or female. I was like, they look like me, really. <laughs> like, okay. like, okay, got it. Receive message. Received. So yeah, after doing that for a certain time, I had to like take a step back, and I really wanted to figure this thing out. After spending thousands of dollars in like photo shoots and scouting events and all that. So I looked more towards my local area, eventually found an agency that signed me. Um, and then right after they signed me, they closed down within three to six months. So I was very bummed. Mm -hmm. I would go back to the whole like freelance situation. So I just decided that I wanted to basically be that, that force that other people weren't um, with other models and helping them get their start. Um, and so, you know, eventually that's how I started down my, my line of process of, 
creating this agency and then a magazine because I wanted to get more awareness for the models and the people that we represented. I was doing this all full time, going to going to school full time, working full time, and then doing um, this. So it was very challenging. Yeah. Um, exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was doing it all by myself, but eventually I asked one of my close friends what was his best piece of advice, and he said to get a council and team of people together. So that's exactly what I did, and that's what mm. where we are today. Oh, that's wonderful. That is really good yeah. advice. I think you can't do it alone, and it's okay mm-hmm. to ask for help. It's okay to have a team. There's nothing wrong with that. I think teamwork is necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell me each more about what sets you and your business apart from others in this industry. What makes you unique? My ability to the fact that I actually not only is it a passion of mine, but I have done the work and I'm also I have the experience is what sets me apart. You know, I, I feel like currently a lot of people, um, which is great, is like trial and error. Um, but like similar to Ezra, like we have the experience being in the field um, and knowing in the retail space where that's huge and that's dominant when it comes to like fashion and beauty. Um, I've worked with the likes of Ulta. I've worked with Sephora um, on very big projects and Having the experience, the connections, the um, and you're right on the front line of, you know, product, um, the assortment, you're being a part of the conversation when you are, you know, putting that out and determining what the general population would love to see when you're marketing. Um, so what sets me apart is truly my experience and being in the right in it, in the thick of it because of my day job, as well as which helps with my night job. So it's like my experience, my professional experience, coupled with my personal um, feelings and, you know, me being just, this is a passion of mine, is really what sets me apart from others. Um, I actually get to do the work all day, every day. So it's growing me, I'm learning, and I'm being able to use my expertise and experience to my advantage for others. Well said. Yeah, I'd say yeah. for me, um, one of the things that sets us apart is one of the specific the specific niche that we represent in terms of marketing and demographics, um, specifically representing like um, black males and then BIPOC creators because most people don't don't do that. So that's one part of it. And I think the other part is our core values as me as a person. Um, which translate to us as a company, which are love, style, and culture. Um, mm-hmm. So I try to keep that with love being the most important one at the forefront of every single decision that I make and every single thing that that we do um, in reference to that. And I just genuinely love helping people and really, you know, it's it's that growth process of seeing someone that maybe you didn't know before and now they're this really big brand um them having opportunities that they never thought they that were possible um just seeing like that growth and development of people i've always been a major 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 people person um i always believe that it starts with people first in part due to my experiences in retail um and having you know higher ups that were not as concerned with people (laughs) yep (laughs) 
so I try and keep that as, you know, as a focus because, you know, although we de definitely have to do the job and get the job done and have results, at the end of the day, like, we're all people, people matter, and I believe you should put, you know, people first. And if yeah. you do that, you know, they'll turn over the results. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we talk a lot about trends and trend forecasting on the podcast. I'm always curious asking people in whatever their specific industry is, what trends might we see in the remainder of this year? Whether that's with fashion or, or beauty or uh, in the modeling space. I'd love to hear both of your interpretations on that. As Raleigh, you go. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> I think in, in general, um, in terms, because I think it speaks to both like fashion and beauty uh, in terms of like the marketing mm -hmm. aspect and just media and what we see. I think there's going to be a large transition um, towards the younger demographic as far as like the, uh, the Gen Z generation. Um, they have high, heavy influences with regards to technology um, yeah. being ve very digitally savvy. So we're going to see a lot of trends that are gearing towards, you know, digital items, digital products. Yep. The way that we have, you know, shopped and purchased things has, you know, virtually changed. And I mean, virtually it <laughs> changed. Yeah. So while we used mm -hmm. to go to stores, um, and people still do that, but they don't do that as much because they are getting an order directly to their home. So really catering to that customer prototype and that demographic. Um, so I think that's going to be a greater, greater trend. And, and two, they're also focused on social causes. So before when a brand was just a brand and it was, you know, great because of its name and recognition, now you can't really do that anymore. You also have to be aligned with a social cause, uh, making sure that you do, as I said before, value the people, um, not just creating these products that may be causing, you know, harm or damage to either the people or the environment. You've got to be more considerate and concerned with those things. And I think that's what um, that generation is overall looking for. And that's what we'll see in the future. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I 100% agree. The focus is on Gen Z, Gen Alpha. That generation is where the innovation will continue. Um, they're already proving to society that they're a force to be reckoned with. So I feel like in, as far as trends uh, for the end of the year, with in the space of fashion and beauty, um, it's all going to be in what is, I mean, fast fashion is going to always be kind of that big thing. Um, but now I think it's going to be more so where if you, you see kind of like out in the market where there's a lot of people who are taking that thrift approach mm. to um, build out their fashion capsules, right? You know, like build out those vintage people, what we would consider as I'm a aging millennial, um, <laughs> vintage, you know, that's what we would consider vintage, vintage shopping. It's more so like taking that gently used items um, and reinventing those and being creative. So I think where I, I foresee is that generation innovating in a space where they're really speaking to who they are um, and standing for who they are through beauty as well as fashion, just being super creative and super personable um, with exactly who they are. So those of us in the retail space will have to conform to that um, and revamp strategies to, you know, build to that because that's the, that's the new way, which is also, again, inclusive of like fast fashion. For sure. 
Well, we we've done a few episodes talking about this specific topic based in LA or Atlanta or different other hubs within the US, but we haven't done one in Texas yet. So I'm curious, what unique advantages does Texas specifically offer for fashion or beauty entrepreneurs? And how has the Texas fashion scene evolved in recent years? I I mean, if I'm being like truly transparent, um, I, I don't, I don't know if the scene has evolved as far as being truly immersed in what like is current and what's innovative i would say personally it it's more so where i've attended a few shows a few um things i think they're they're paying attention to it more i feel in dallas it is becoming a focal point um because we have so much migration from both those hubs la new york chicago so i think with the influences from the different hubs that are major fashion hubs that's where i feel like dallas is starting to say hey okay we actually can play in this market like this is something that we can play in because we have influences for those who've done it in the spaces successfully in those markets so i would say it's still evolving and i think dallas is realizing its potential in fashion um just has a little bit to go and that's just like my personal opinion um, i I completely agree ezra i'm curious to hear your thoughts on that too because i i completely agree with everything you said mia yeah um interestingly enough like although you know obviously our agency is located here in texas like our biggest market share um is actually new york um Mm -hmm. that resonates with our agency the most which is really great because i'm from texas Yeah. (laughs) yeah Um, so I completely agree with Amia in the sense that I, I don't necessarily know that we've seen like this big shift and change because Texas in general has always been a commercial market. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like high fashion or editorial, um, we're kind of coming into our own, you know, and still working towards that. And because very much like Mia said, we have people that are migrating from uh, L.A. and from New York, we're seeing more of that, uh, but we're just not quite quite there yet so we are seeing somewhat of a growth but it's not like this massive transition like i would like to see and right remaking you know even though technically dallas is considered to be like a fashion capital because we've got like the trade center and all that but um i would really like to see more of the the kind of like avant-garde fashion that Uh, yes that you see in other cities um yes obviously we're from the deep south so it's a little you know a little, a little i'm tired bit. of the unironic cowboy boots like i'm give saying me please <laughs> I like to keep it safe so yeah yeah definitely well my final question before we wrap up for today i i know that starting a business is very challenging regardless of what industry you're in what key skills or attributes do you believe are essential for aspiring creative entrepreneurs and how can they navigate the competitive landscape of this industry? I would say that one of the things that you have to have is work ethic, mm. um, tenacity. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Um, and then one of the most important things is to make sure that you do like that you have an open mind in order to be able to work with people. Yeah, um, I'm a high heavy influence on in terms of of people and keeping people as a focus. 
And so I think it's just very important to be open-minded about the people that you're working with so you can team together, collaborate, and just move the needle forward and, and have this sense of community. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. Um, I would agree. I believe my thing is very like like you were saying, as we're open minded, um, which mm-hmm. will lead to just being a challenger also and an innovator. So try. I mean, I know that some of those qualities are like easier said than done, but always try to think outside of what the norm is and what the surface is. I. Um, being in the space that I'm in, we gravitate to those who don't just think surface level. When you take it a step further, that, that sets you apart from the rest of, from anyone else. It's just being a challenger, but being innovative, um, but also speaking up, you know, and that, that's also like coupling. I feel like in this industry, like being vocal and speaking up and standing for what you believe in is also going back to being innovative, challenging, um, and just being just true to who you are. And then I would say, hone in on your networking skills. Mm. Network, network, network. (laughs) Network until you can't network anywhere. I know people are like, I'm introverted, extrovert. I'm an introvert. All of that, that's fine. However, (laughs) network, this industry is small. Like, People, you know, people know people, you leave one space, you know, another space, like they go into another space. You're like, oh, I work with you odd years. Oh, I did, you know, a a podcast with you around the time. It's just a very small industry. Um, And if you're networking with intention, you that also puts you like a step further from the rest, just getting out there, being uncomfortable um, cause yes. you know, if it doesn't come natural to you, like I love networking, my family calls me the networking queen because <laughs> I love to just be by myself and just be in a space. I know no one and just learn so much about people, yeah. um, but I know that isn't natural to everyone. So get uncomfortable. That's when the yeah. best things happen in life. Yeah. My, my mentor always said, Madison, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I live my life by that practice. I'm trying to do yep. something every single day that makes me a little bit uncomfortable and pushes yes. me. And I am I'm definitely an extroverted introvert. I I have a love-hate relationship with networking, but I always tell myself, <laughs> like, you know, if I need to put myself out there, go for 20 minutes. And if you hate it, then just leave. Uh, like that's a good practice in life. Like if, you know, uh, you don't have any friends to go to the bar with, okay, well, I'm going to go by myself and I'm going to have one drink. Yeah. I'll stay for 20 minutes. If I'm not having a good time, then I'll just go home. It's fine. Oh, like, yeah. So that's, that's my insight there. But yes, I love that. That's the same thing that I, I do is if I, I'm going to just go and see what I, I don't know. You never know who. <laughs> you run into, you never know who you, uh, what, who it is that propels your career. You're like, I just, I wasn't even going to go. Exactly. You know? exactly. And the times that you don't want to go the most or when you're yep. least looking forward to it end up being yep. the most impactful conversations. And yes. the ones, I feel like the ones I'm most looking forward to, I end up kind of being disappointed. I'm like, yeah. oh, I didn't make any good connections and nobody wanted my business card. And then the times where I'm tired or I'm burnt out or my social battery is like beyond empty. And then I go and I meet somebody who's going to change the trajectory of my life forever. Mm. So... Sometimes you just yeah. have to up. 
just gotta like you said get get comfortable being uncomfortable yes that's it Uh, wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. This was an amazing conversation. I am excited to see what you both accomplish in the rest of 2023. I know it's going to be nothing but amazing, wonderful things. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.